Hello, you are listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. Welcome. This is a podcast where I talk to a musician about something they're deeply passionate about, something they might not talk about in their day-to-day press when they're on their album cycle campaign. We upload a new episode every Friday and you can check out all our previous episodes at talktheline.blog from the likes of Julia Jacqueline on Magic to Amanda Palmer on the things you're not supposed to talk about. You can follow us on social media, just search Talk the Line, or you can follow me at Jen Long. It is easy to subscribe. You never have to think about it again. You just get a new podcast on your phone or wherever else you listen every Friday. Karin is a multidisciplinary artist, electronic musician, vocalist and producer who makes textured and emotional work inspired by the human condition. Her heritage is Syrian, Armenian, American, but she was born in Alabama and raised in Indiana, dividing her early life between her American home and summers spent in Syria. These early memories of family and community in the city heavily inspired her debut single, named after the Syrian city of Aleppo. She's lived in Berlin and New York since then and is probably best known for her work in collaboration with Samantha Shea, an original opera written under the tutelage of Marina Abramovich called Of Light. After a single performance in Reykjavik, the opera was described as an extremely nourishing experience by Björk, who was watching from the audience. Karen is currently recording and will be releasing more music this year. I caught up with her before she played to a packed out room at last year's Iceland Airwaves and we had a chat about just taking a moment meditation. I had never really I thought meditation was just something that like kung fu masters did in kung fu films. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. people who were zen. Yeah. I but didn't realize it, it was what does it mean to be Zen? Why do you think Kung Fu masters would meditate? For their chi. For their chi. So the energy flow? Yes. So that, so, but meditation is a mental game. Okay. So meditation, and there's so many forms of meditation. So you can, the whole thing is how do you, how do you quiet and still the mind so yeah. that you can be ever so present? So why would a Kung Fu master need meditation? Because he's in the process of being in a chaotic physical state where um, he, part of his Kung Fu moves is that he needs to anticipate and almost intuitively move to the left, to the right. Yeah. Um, without judging, without giving into fear, allow, like to bring his cortisol levels down. So it's not a, you know, fight and flight reaction, but it's a, it's a ballet. Yeah. And that's very much so what we're, what we're doing every day. We're bombarded with information, with chaos, with, with awesome things, bad things. And that state of existence at all times is this notion of existing in the chaos. Because if, if when you meditate, when you have a practice that stills the mind and, and, every, and, and the practice is to keep, to, to go, oh yeah, let me breathe or whatever, let me calm down, let me just, here I am, like I'm standing right here, there are a bunch of people in front of me, you know, that kind of thing. It's not being like this perfect, meditation is the practice of, of getting yourself back to being present. Right. In, in any situation, when you're by yourself, any, any, any circumstance. The importance of that is that your mind, we're con- it's so easy for the mind to begin judging what is being, what's being perceived, 
being present allows you to not be reactive because your your reality is what you it's how you react to things and what you perceive everyone's reality is is how they perceive something how they frame it and your experience is how you react to something and if you react to something from a trigger subconsciously that you don't even know the first seven years of your life you are a sponge you are just taking everything in so when you're an adult, your teens, adult, you may be quote unquote triggered, a big word in yeah. the new age world, right? You, you, you'll react angrily, you'll do something, you know, and you don't even know why. Right, yeah, yeah. And that's coming from those early years, like you have insecurities, you don't know why you have those insecurities, like that's coming from your early childhood, anything you ever heard, you absorb, you saw, you know. So with meditation, meditation is just a practice. It's not you have your day and then you sit and you meditate for 20 minutes. Meditation is a, is a vehicle to get you to train the mind to develop more gray matter, to train it to kind of, I'm doing this move of like, like You're doing push a sweeping the, move. Sweeping moves. <laughs> sweeping away the judgmental thing. So like in the prefrontal cortex of the mind, there's this area that judges, like as we grow older we start to judge um, and, and we say, oh, we can't say that. We can say that. We start to learn social mores where that's allowed and that's not allowed. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that can become overactive. So you really get stuck in that place in the mind where you're like, I can't do this. I can say that. How, he shouldn't say this. He shouldn't do that. That's really like, you're just not at the essence of, of yourself there's no there's no connection to higher self there's no connection to 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 even you don't give yourself a chance to even wonder like to observe meditation allows you to observe so it's not just to still the mind but it's there to still it enough so that you can observe and you could go oh that makes me feel angry interesting right okay why oh i'm really feeling it physiologically that anger and then, the thing is that you are not your feelings. You are how you react to them. And meditation allows you to step away from it and realize that the ego mind and the subconscious mind, which is really your operating system because it's 90% of your operating system. 10% of your, your consciousness is, that's it, 10% of your mind. is you're, you're, What's really happening in the back of the mind, you don't even know why. So meditation helps you get there. It helps you access things. It allows you to hear things that your subconscious is trying to tell you. So there are different kinds of practices, like focusing on your breath. You know, everything is breath. Everything is breath. If you can, if you can just remember in any circumstance to start breathing, that literally will lower your cortisol levels. So what is cortisol? Cortisol is a stress hormone that's released in your body in order to help you um, react to things quickly yeah. and, and, and to allow you to not feel the stress, like your adrenals right. release those stress hormones. The thing in, our, in this kind of like daily life that where there's just so much stimulation and there's so much going on, I mean, 
we're constantly stressed and our yeah. adrenals are releasing constantly this hormone for us to basically the reason why we have cortisol is so that it's released and we're able to be like there's a tiger after me <laughs> suddenly you're just flying you're yeah. running and you're just kind of like fight or flight we're constantly in that place you know like if a kung fu master was you know in the air doing his kung fu moves and mm -hmm. he's fighting someone that's why they call it the art yeah the because art it's, of kung fu. yeah it's not a fight it's an art because you have to focus on your breath. You have to feel the energy. Like, that's what's happening in Star Wars. Star Wars is all about feeling the force. <laughs> yeah. And you can be medit You can think about meditation from a place of just pure science. And that's what's incredible about it, right? Mm. Yeah. So the, but then meditation is, 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 is ancient. Meditation is ancient. And that's what's so exciting. Because what you have is this whole full circle thing coming around where you have scientific proof of of being able to overcome so many things so many health benefits cholesterol blood pressure all. i read it like cortisol makes you fatter yes because if you keep pumping it up in your body if you're constantly releasing cortisol because you're constantly yeah. stressed out and your body's trying to like make up for it mm. you just get stuck in there and it causes inflammation it causes disease wow so you can't constantly be in a state of, you know, fight or flight. Yeah. But we are. And that's why I think meditation and these ideas of spirituality and, and any kind of practice that gets you to be back in your body and to, to, to balance between the mind and the body is a really good practice. And it's becoming more and more prevalent. It's something that people are interested in. It's a hot topic, as you said earlier. Yeah. Because people, whether they're spiritual or not, are desperate for something that's going to bring a calmness to their experience. Well, that's what I was going to say at the start. You know, back maybe 10 years ago, I would definitely have thought of meditation as the, the kung fu master and probably the kung fu master that needs it. But nowadays where you have your phone constantly on you, people can constantly get to you and ask you questions and every piece of information that's coming at you is triggering something else in your brain i read that there's something like it satisfies you you release like um, endorphins every time you take on a new piece of information and it becomes like addictive so i guess if you're constantly being swamped with all these outside forces at some point something's gonna break you're gonna need that escape let me think about what you just said well i think i mean I'll, i could only speak from my personal experience when I hear a ding or a ring or whatever on my phone or someone's trying to get a hold of me. I feel interrupted. I feel like I'm a really sensitive person. So those sounds, those things, I feel really, I feel aggravated when someone is trying to reach me. It's a really, really strange feeling. But I think that's possibly because, you know, my natural state is to be in, in, in contemplation. It's good to meditate for that because contemplation is overthinking. You're thinking, you know, and I think, and I think, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of a nice segue. I think, therefore, I am. It really is a really, like, very Jungian, you know, thought, right? I think, therefore, I am is really spiritual. Yeah. Because if you're using your energy to think that you are something, he was, when, when was it Aristotle? Who said, I think, therefore, I am? I think it was one of them, or one, Aristotle, Plato, or Plato, one of one of the great Plato. thinkers. Yeah, one of the great thinkers, but they were thinkers. There wasn't. I'm not sure there was too much of like just be. Just stop thinking. 
we did this podcast about the human condition with Stuart Murdoch from Bell and Sebastian, mm-hmm. and he hates that phrase. What? I think, therefore I am. Right, I do too. But the thing is, I don't really think about it. It's not even in my consciousness. Like, I haven't thought about that line since maybe we studied this in school or something. But the idea there is that I think, therefore I am, is really talking about, oh, it's Rene Descartes, I think. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, okay, so why is that significant? I think they were saying, he was saying, I have thoughts like I, I have contemplations I have ideas and structures in my mind that help me understand something and therefore like I, or rather actually I I mean this is ridiculous because there are probably people out there like this is what it means uh, yeah but you know but <laughs> I, I like to take it as like I think therefore I am is like I'm alive like I think therefore I I'm alive you well, know like I'm conscious being, being human and having that um almost ability to self-actualize right so if I we think, think therefore I am, because you're thinking, and right. I guess having those that thought process that that creates this personality and creates this whole essence of what makes us human, right? Which is quite arrogant to not think that other species have the, a similar thought process, right? Just because we can't the, hone in on it. Well, I'm trying. I'm start really kind of stuck right now in in trying to really find my words and thoughts on this, but. Mm. I like to, th- when he when the, he says, I think, therefore I am, I want to bring it back to spirituality and say, like, okay, so you're thinking about something, you're focused on something, and and therefore that there's an energy input, output in doing so. That's your reality. What you're thinking about becomes your reality because you, you experience it from that framework. Hmm. Thinking, though, is what you want to stop doing. Stop you don't, thinking. You don't want to... It, well, I like I I come from the spiritual part, like place of meditation, where I'm like I want to quiet my mind so that I can at once be quite present, like body and next body next to me, like here I am, but also I'm quiet enough so that I can feel into existence, not think into existence. I can feel into existence. I can feel the force of I should do th- I should go this way. I should go that way. I can hear things that are beyond me that I don't have initial I don't have like initial access to when I think mm. because thinking is coming from all the things I've learned before and I'm putting rationale but this existence is not rational so do you come from quite a spiritual family they my my parents are really like my dad's Armenian Orthodox my parent my mom is Catholic but there was a real mysticism to the Catholicism you know we didn't grow up going to church instead it was like all these relics and it was very very religious right but also very magical it was a magical thing I mean at some point I was praying to my to my grandfather as well who had become a saint after he you know died there was just always this like metaphysicalness to it that was this different constitution it wasn't just this is catholicism this is our orthodox we're going to church it there was a lot of mysticism to it my experience with it was like i grew up that way and then one day uh, you know i loved astrology did anything in the metaphysical really interesting for me to me and then i read a book called many lives many masters and i really felt like it was about past lives and i really was like (gasps) oh You know, this is like a ghost story. I was really freaked out because I was like, this is true. Who's the book by? It's, um, uh, once I, many lives, many masters is, but he, he was a, he was a psychiatrist 
who really was like, no, 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 like just science guy. And then he started doing regression therapy with this woman. And um, he basically, what's his name? Okay, I I, I, my friend here is, what is it? Brian L. Weiss. Yeah, Brian L. Weiss. And he started, he was, you know, regression therapy. And this woman started talking about past lives. And it was like, he was like, no way. Then he brings his wife in on the sessions. They start recording it because he's just like, there's no way. And he didn't tell anyone about this for years. But this woman was quickly getting over her phobias, things like she was really, she was also recalling weird, embalming you know, practices of ancient Egypt that you could only know if you had a PhD in that specific thing. Meanwhile, she was just a simple woman, normal, you know, nothing like high education. There was just no way. And basically, you know, I won't go too much into this, but that notion of past lives rang so true to me. I suddenly understood what so many of my um, internal, like these, these feelings, these experiences that I was having, it just, it just made so much sense. And, and while she was going, you know, they were going through all these different past lives, in, in the middle of some of this, there would be these voices. That literally, her voice would change, and they would identify themselves as the masters. <gasps> and they were like, this isn't for her, this is for you. We want you to tell people about this. This and is they, a ghost story. Yeah, you feel, you feel it, right? Yeah. You feel it. But it was really in that, what they said is like all base, like we're not here to... We're not here, and this the thing is that's connected to this other, the Vedas and the you know, Lotus Sutra, but we're not here to become things. We're here to grow. Our souls choose the life we have, the, the good and the bad, because we're here to learn something. We choose the life, we choose the family, and we come in with similar souls. It's like a tree, and you have a branch, and then you have these other little stems and the leaves. You know, you have a soul family that you travel with, and you come in to learn those lessons. And if so your child dies at, you know, four four days, the karma there is is for the parents what they feel, what they learn and grow from that. Like all growth is based in these relationships and the feelings that we feel, and um, and and how we react to them. And and then when we're when our soul has learned what it needs to learn, it goes. And that really helped me because I was like, uh, that was the beginning of my spiritual uh, journey. In fact, I was like, oh, like I'm not afraid of death anymore. I get it. I'll come back. Like I, if some, like I didn't understand. Like why, why does someone die? Why does this happen? And it all kind of came around when my. So is that quite a Buddhist approach? Well, the Buddhist approach, a little bit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you're not here to become things. If anything, you're here to unbecome everything. I like to say to unbecome everything that became of you while you were trying to become something. It's quite meta. Right. So unbecome everything that you became while you were trying to be someone, be something in life. You yeah. Like... Imagine the trials and the errors one experiences when they have ambition. It, it, it's, it's quite a struggle. It could be quite a struggle. Mm. You know, when you want, and, you, and this is where Buddhism, Buddhism comes in, when you, when you yearn for something. Yeah. And not just be. Just be happy with what you have. Mm. But you have to learn to be happy with what you have. You have to, be, you have to realize that there's nothing outside of yourself that, you, that you're looking, you're looking, everything you want, everything, every jewel that you're searching for, all that treasure, all that stuff, it comes from you. Your happiness comes from you. Your satisfaction comes from you. It's, it's really diving in within yourself. Mm. And Being meditation present, exactly, helps because then, yeah. Because then you can get to yourself. Because this is all noise and this is all an illusion. I think I, I actually understand you. Yeah, I bet you do. If, uh, I got a bit lost in the middle, but I'm I've where caught were you up. lost? I was caught up with the becoming because you became, and then you wanted to be. 
but I'm, I understand it. I got there. Yeah, because we're all trying to become someone. It's like who who do you want to become? Like who do you want to become? What do you want to be? That's what we all say, isn't it? It's like when I grow up, and then you get to like thirty, and you're like, oh shit, this. I thought I'd have it figured out by now, and you still don't. And but people figured out what exactly, and then you realize that there is no what. Because everyone is trying to figure out something else. Who are you going to be to other people? Who are you going to become in the world? There's no become. You are what you are already. Mm. There's no becoming something. And you will be much more effective as a person in anything that you do in your work. If you come from a place of really understanding what it was that your soul came into this world to, 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 to offer. Every single person has something to offer. It's the amount of consciousness, like awareness of oneself that limits or expands people's potential yeah where are you at the moment on that journey I've been on a journey for seven years now almost eight years and a lot of it is you know about me coming up with my own constitution and I really think that that's very important for everyone how can you get into yourself how what are the things that ring, ring true like Jung is a really really amazing Carl Jung is an incredible philosopher but really got into the metaphysical and 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 I think, um, but you know, Lotus Sutra, I, I practice the Lotus Sutra. Sorry, what's Lotus Sutra? Well, I'm Nichiren Buddhist. Well, I wouldn't even say I'm Nichiren Buddhist, but I, I would say that I've been studying the Lotus Sutra um, and the stuff from the Upanishads, which are Vedic, ancient uh, Vedic texts. And, um, and then you kind of go into like just the zen zen mm. like buddhism you know that's just like really being you know or science like i love the idea that whatever rings true to you whatever energetically is good for you if you're like yeah then that's your entrance way to yourself so i've been on i've i really started with like neuroplasticity like oh you can train your brain to change its structures it's it's like i i have yeah, I'm like, oh, I won't go into the creative, but <laughs> but the idea that like you have this software, yeah, that's running. It's an operating system that's running from how you learn your parents deal with things, and you see, you observe, and you're like, this is how I deal with something. If you and have a really like, does it become less malleable as you get older? Is that why your brain? it's yeah, like it's harder no. to learn things in older age? Well, that's like all I know is that in term when you're up to seven years you're really satiate like you're really you're just getting everything yeah you're just boom receiving everything and you're not even trying after that you're thinking you've got conscious mind you're starting to judge you're starting to you know put meaning assign meaning to things and you're able to do that based on how you saw people around you do that it's a learned behavior your behaviors are learned so with neuroplasticity, it's you're unlearning things, and you're and you're training your brain to react differently, to think differently. And I did that in terms of the way I saw the world. It was sort of like instead of my camera focusing on this, with practice by doing it, by thinking it all that, really moving it to look and focus. <laughs> I'm moving my mic around, <laughs> you know, mo and, and focusing on on the potential of, of, the, of life and your experiences, on the positive, of being really, really grateful. Because when you're really, really, like, you know, they say, like, if you smile, the muscles in your face will, like, activate yeah. your brain and say you're happy and you'll feel happy. If you put your arms up, it's that famous oh TED my, Talk. Right. Is that actually a thing? It is. Oh, my God. So my friends in Cardiff, we just used to do that as just, like, a thing. We were like, if you put your hands up in the air, you feel ultimately stoked. 
But that's absolutely right that's because your th- muscles are connected to your brain, and it's, it's sick. Because what do you do, like pre, like really early man and woman, like you just you get you're like yeah, you celebrate. What's the first thing you do? You don't go into your body like this and, and cut, you know, and like you know curl up. You open up, and why do you open up? Well, this is the energetic part part of that, and this is where you're talking about chi or chakra, which yeah. is that this is your heart center. You open that up, you're leading from your heart. You're leading from an energetic place that's coming from truth and, like, groundedness. Your, your heart center and your root chakra connect. You're suddenly from a place of confidence. Like, when you're confident, your shoulders are back, your chest is out, and energetically, that is really prominent. And so th- so when you do this, but on a science, in a science way, like, we just, I don't know why, I'm not a scientist, you put your arms up, your muscles indicate you are celebrating, you feel good. So they say, so scientists <sighs> say you should, before an interview, get in front of, you know, go into the bathroom, put your arms up, and be like, yeah! You know, and it, and it will, you will be perceived differently. Wow. And that's an energetic thing. You can't just, you know, but, you know, also, your truth is your truth. You may not believe that. And mm-hmm. that's my spirit. Like, my spirituality is like, these are the things that I've found through experience to be true. Um, so, you know, a lot of time thinking about, and we said, you know, this is where my spirituality, this is where I'm at with things, where I'm like, okay, I used to chant the Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, the Nichiren Buddhist, it's a Japanese Buddhism about manifesting the things I wanted in my life, which which is also in line with what you think about becomes your reality. Mm. But my spirituality quickly became, I don't want to strive and, and yearn for things. I have to at once be incredibly present with the gifts that I have in my life to be satisfied deeply by the fact that I can breathe. Like when you become, when you really felt, you're like, oh my gosh, my lungs don't hurt. You know, there's someone, and I exhale, and I can breathe, and I can move. There's someone in a hospital right now who is struggling to breathe. When you think about that, when you can become so present with yourself, say, wow, like, wow, like, I can breathe. Like, this, my lungs work. That's incredible. It's incredible. Do I need a, do I need a Tesla? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, when I think about the fact that my, my lungs are working, I have someone to love. Like, to th- that's that thing of gratefulness when you just go, wow, like, it's cold outside and I have this amazing coat and I have this, I'm sitting with you right now and, like, you're interviewing me. What a dream, like. I'm having a lovely time, although, ironically, yeah. a Tesla may help you breathe in a city like London. You're hilarious. <laughs> a Tesla would be fun, but do I need the Tesla? No. I don't need to own it. I just yeah. wish there were less diesel cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because I think it is, especially like breathing is so important. And when I was training to do a marathon and my yoga teacher was talking about how if you ever feel pain, she just focuses on her breathing to get through the pain. And I really took that on board when I was doing these like super long runs and I'd be at like mile 19 just thinking, oh my God, I just want to like roll over on the ground and stop forever. And I just breathe really deeply and just concentrate on that breath and then suddenly I would just forget the pain in my knee because you weren't focused on your knee pain therefore that's your reality when you're focused on the pain but if you focus on breathing you are breathing you're going to be alive like that's that's then you're no longer focused there what you focus on becomes your reality yeah and there are millions of ways to like so is that that sort of part of the process of meditation then that focus on the breath does it remove everything else that's around you I mean Maybe give me a start, a, a kind of starter's pack. 
but there's so many different ways to meditate like right. you could be like okay i'm gonna i'm going to focus on my breath as it kind of feel it along my like you know on my, at my nostril it's going in it's going out i count to 10 hold it for four you know release this kind of thing that's one kind of meditation mm-hmm. part of meditation can also be that you become very aware of your body you focus on the pain and you go and you breathe through it and you breathe and then you move on to your knee and you you kind of become conscious of the body it's about becoming conscious it's about first becoming present and then getting out of your own way it's about accepting your circumstances okay it's not just a practice we do after you get off of the cushion yeah when you're in the office and it's really stressful that's when meditation matters that's when these practices okay. make a difference. So I'm I'm sat at my desk at work and I've got 12 emails that I haven't answered yet in my inbox. And my colleague Glynn is dancing around the office to Spice Girls, screaming at everyone jubilantly. And Amazing. Someone, this is a great someone office. Is, someone is phoning me constantly to ask me about an update for this tour I'm booking. I, at what time do I, can I, how do I zone out of that t- type of environment? You just take a very deep breath and you exhale slowly. And then you, there's about, it's about self-responsibility. There's self-talk involved where you go, okay, so I have 10 emails. There's a lot of noise right there. This is happening. Okay, I've got to do this one thing at a time. So when you become present, you go, okay, I'm not going to let the overwhelm take me. I'm going to focus here. I'll, okay, when am I going to, I can't do the emails right now, so I'll do this first. Then I'll put a certain amount of time, like one email at a time. It's about doing one thing at a time. You're not thinking about the sound. If, if she's really loud, you put some earplugs and you go, okay. This is what you, you acknowledge that you're stressed out. You acknowledge it and you say, that's stressing me out. And that's stressing me out. You observe yourself and you say, these are the things that are making me feel stressed. I don't want to feel stressed. All right, so I could put earplugs in. And then I'll take this one email. You do your best. You get present. Like that's what breathe. That's what the meditation is for. Is for you to come back and stop reacting to to, to to what's stressing you out and what's happening. You know, you're not reacting. You're able to first think about and 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 then make make a re- like. What I just I lost my train of thought. But you're not you're not reacting. Yeah. You're observing, and then you're making a conscious react. Like you're having a conscious reaction to what's happening. You identify it. Like, it's not about, oh, everything is perfect. Yeah. I'm wearing all white. Everything <laughs> is good. Everything is good. Oh, oh my God. Everything <laughs> passive aggressive. You know, this very LA kind well, in of. In my head, it was you had to, like, have your eyes shut and dedicate, like, 10 minutes or 20 minutes to, to it. But you do that because you're training your brain to get to that state. So the more you do it, the quicker you can get there when someone's in your face, like you're in the road rage. And you're, and you're, it's not about being perfect. Right. It's not being like, oh my God, I'm on the 405 freeway and I'm late. Like, you know, and yeah. it's like, I am stuck in traffic and I may be late. And next time I need to leave earlier. I need to calm down. I can't, I don't need, honking isn't going to make a difference. Okay. Fine, I accept it. I'm going to be late. I'll, I could try and do everything. I could get off the freeway and take Sepulveda. Let me, uh, you know, it's not it, it, it's not about not getting angry. It's about getting there and then being like, okay, how do I get back from being at that state? Yeah. <laughs> Just suddenly, I was like, I really hope I press record on this. Oh girl, oh girl. <laughs> I feel like, I'm like, bye. I did, yeah. <laughs> so, so what were you saying about, just go back to the start. Oh, Jesus. No, it's right, it is. 
all recording. I was just like, I'm being so zen about this now. Yeah, but yeah. it is what it is. If Honestly, if we hadn't recorded that, then that wasn't meant to be heard. Oh, I love that philosophy, though. But so, you, so how do you, so you train yourself by just taking a moment? Like, I could sit here right now and just take a few deep breaths and just notice everything. And then you think, take, yeah. what's my next question? And then just go in with yeah, the next like, one. And that like, would be you like being comfortable in the silence. Like, and not feeling like, you, you know, because there's expectations. Like, I have had trouble with being comfortable with silence. And when I talk, it's like about listening. I don't know. There's so much more to this. You know, meditation is just about training your brain to get to a state of calm and and like getting the noise out. So when you sit and you do that 20 minutes, I, I do I do a lot of this, like morning and night. But therefore, when I'm reacting, when I'm having my day and I'm having a stressful thing, I quick, I'm, I've trained myself to be like, okay, hold on, you're being negative and like you're really in the feeling of it. And it's like, hold on. And I go quickly to being grateful to things. I'm like, wait a minute, you know? And I think about what is the meaning? What, what How can I turn this negative into its highest potential you know that's the spiritual stuff so meditation mm -hmm. can just be about the scientific stuff where you take a deep inhale and you slowly release it that will physiologically calm you down it could stay there it could stay there yeah. so that if you're that's it you don't go spiritual you know then you're in the office all that's happening and you're like i'm getting stressed out <sighs> okay like you know that is that there's a real physical reaction that happens and it calms you down or you can go further with it and that's the beautiful thing about all this stuff it's like you can stay stick with the science or you can get you can go deeper and, and attach um meaning meanings to, to these practices and um yeah i mean the more you practice the more you are then capable to use these practices like sharpen your tools to react to the world in a way that's aware and conscious. It's not just about you. You're making space for other people. You're hearing and receiving things that are not just from your insecurities or your hopes, you know? Yeah. So for people listening who are like, oh my God, I need this in my life. Like yeah. I have the most stressful job or like my kids are a nightmare at home or like it's one of those, you know, kind of mm -hmm. like classic um, modern society tropes. Sure. What's the sort of best way to get get into meditation and kind of is it is there like a book that you should read or is it really as simple as just spending five minutes a day sitting on the sofa do you have to go to a quiet room to meditate can you do no, it on the tube you absolutely can do it on the tube like that's probably like this is where your practice should be used it's not about having perfect circumstances life is not that way it's a luxury if you can have a nice zen garden but the point of meditation and all these practices are so that you can utilize them make use of them in your daily life. And that's why they're such a big deal now because people are searching for solutions to de-stress. Mm -hmm. Stress is causing a lot of disease. It is the it is the thing that's causing so many illnesses. Stress makes causes inflammation. The underlying diseases all comes from inflammation. So my I would I would bring it to like this new like there's a great app like uh, that I've started using only recently. Because yeah. you have to have a lot of discipline to sit and do this. There's a great app that I'm going to totally <laughs> promote. It's called <laughs> InScape. So not Escape, but InScape. Yeah. And it's calm, and you can pick different kinds of meditations, and they guide you through it. And really, like, I love that one. I practice kundalini yoga, which helps me be in my body because I'm quite, like, in my, you know, above my head yeah. a lot of the times. So I need to come back into my body. 
So I think Kundalini Yoga is incredible. Um, but I would that app is a really good way to begin. I feel like you've said so many words in this podcast that I've never heard before in my life. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, like what's the thing that's like the Karma Sutra? The Lotus Sutra. Is it a book? Yes. Okay. It's a spiritual text. Yes, it's like the, the thing that Buddhism is based on. The Lotus Sutra. Mm-hmm. And then the type of... Buddhism was it that you were talking about? It sounded like ni- well, Nietzsche. Nietzsche in Buddhism, but it and doesn't have anything thing. to do with Nietzsche. No, <laughs> no, okay. No, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, you know, I almost want to take that back because my whole thing, like the thing about Nietzsche in Buddhism, I chant, and I chant from a uh, because that was brought to me from my spiritual counselor. That sort of, but you know, it's very much so like this is how you do things and this is the way you do it. And I'm not that person. I don't like anything fascist. So I chant the Lotus Sutra, but it's like a mantra that I'm chanting, mm-hmm. and I am focusing on healing. Like, I don't even focus on things I want anymore, how I want things to change. I'm really focused, I personally focus on healing my karma, my right. present karma, my past life karma. So, like, the things you've done. Yeah, but I don't think about the things I've done. I really believe in karma, and I really think that my present circumstances are are because of the kind of karma that I've acquired in other lives and because of my present karma so i just chant for healing healing for the world i spent a lot of time when i do chant thinking about healing like interconnected like everybody and and for myself and i I, reason why i take back the niche and thing is because i don't practice it in that there's a very specific way you do it with the gahanzen which is the script Mm of the lotus sutra that you look at but, you know, I only recently became, like, quote-unquote, Nichiren Buddhist, where, like, I wanted that script, so I became a Nichiren Buddhist. But right. I'd been chanting with my eyes closed, and it was working for me, with my eyes closed, not with all the, you know, what did you whistles. Chant? It's Nam-myo-ho Renge-kyo. Nam-myo-ho Renge-kyo. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Nam-myo-ho Renge-kyo means... Um, uh, I love that I just forgot what nam myoho renge kyo means because <laughs> I'm so tired. But um, uh, it's it's about the balanced teaching of a Buddhism. It's it's honoring the balanced bo- um, teaching of cause and effect, of mystical cause and effect, and the balanced teaching of Buddhism. So that's what it is. Okay. That literally translates into that. And then what's the type of yoga that you practice? I practice kundalini yoga. Um which is about physical exercises that you do that connects with your breath. Right. And moves the chi or the energy okay. through the chakras. Kundalini energy is, is, is believed to be coiled at the base of your spine like a snake. And you do these practices to uncoil that energy to move up through the spine and out your head. Mm. And it really has grounded me in a way where, like, you know, you feel, like, if you feel anxiety or you feel certain things, it's just... You know, I do it for my adrenals. I do it for a lot of reasons, but it's just incredible. Like, it's all about the breath, and it's about sustaining that breath. Do you do that special breath that they talk about in yoga where you have to close your throat? <sighs> that? Yeah, it's like... There's, like, breath of fire. There's a lot oh, of... Oh, right, okay. I've done that one before. Yeah. That one's intense. Yeah, that one's good. It gets rid of a lot of, like... It's like good on a cold day like today as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, those are just different. Those are just like different caveats to help you get to 
the truth that's the same for everyone. Just like any religion is, is cultural, it's contextual. That's a whole other conversation because religion created, you know, man's, specifically man's influence on, on it, power and struggle, that whole mm. thing, historically. But we're all, we're all interconnected. And how? By being conscious. I yes, think love. therefore I am. Right. Yes. But I'm also uh, adding to that that it's, it's, a, it's a beyond thinking consciousness. It is a consciousness that now people are really trying to reach an awareness of. We, we get to that awareness, hopefully, through all these different kinds of mediums and religions or practices. Yeah. But it's just that you get there that matters because you'll be much more fulfilled level of consciousness where you're just in the present yeah aware of your surroundings aware of everything that's making you think in a certain way and behave in a certain and way and it's not self-serving only okay. so it's like a self-awareness but it's an awareness of everyone around you yeah and, and how are you impacting your the people around you the environment around you not just how are you impacted right yeah because if you think that way we're just what are we having? We're having crazy, like, you know, pollution because we just want to make money. We're the gas company, whatever, you know. Yeah. But when you're someone, like, who's motivated by cleaning the air, but technology, you get, you know, someone, you know, who's driven by something that not only satiates your own ambition to make something, cause, you know, that's going to change the game and cars Are we talking science. about Elon Musk? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I, no, no, of course I was getting there. And I think that's, that's what I'm saying, that that yeah. idea of conscious capitalism is something that I, I totally think is a great, is a great thing, you know, where you're like, you know what, that's, that's the state, like, I think it'd be better that we were bartering. That's a really great great one where my friend Jeff Mendelson is like pushing for that and working on different in different ways to, to get that kind of those kinds of platforms going about currency because that's going to collapse soon but I think like we really need to if the more the more we can stop just doing and I don't mean to be like new age and being it's not just being it's about being present so stop we if we can just stop doing mm. and we just Get back to just, okay, here we are, whatever. We can come at things with a better intention that's more holistic. Things have to get to that place. But you can't get to that place on a huge macro level unless you start with yourself. Yeah, and meditation is the best first step. Meditation is the way you get there. Meditation is the, way, is, is the school. And all it is is get out of your own way and, f and stop thinking. Yeah. Sorry, I just stopped thinking then. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you funny. very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Smashed it. A big thanks to Karen. You can find all our previous episodes and show notes at talktheline.blog from the likes of Torres on ASMR to Nadine Shah on mental health to Danae Moore on vegan baking. Next week, I'm talking to JFDR about matcha. A big thanks to Iceland Airwaves for having us at their festival. You've been listening to Talk The Line. I'm Jen Long. This podcast is produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. It is a podcast from the line of Best Fit, the UK's premier website for new music discovery. If you like this podcast, please do us a favour and subscribe. You can follow us on social media for updates about future episodes. 
And if you're feeling very generous, and I say it every week, please leave us a nice review. It would make my February just that little bit warmer. See you next week. <laughs>